to another episode of Goonies World. I am Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean, and with me, as always, is Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello. And of course, it wouldn't be Goonies World without Goonie, also known as Colin. Hello. And I'm going to pick up this softball, toss it up in the air, hit it with the bat, and toss it over to Ryan, because we're back in a Ryan game playing a game called Spirit, which Ryan can tell us more about and set us up. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in the spirit of Spirit of 77, except we are not in 1977, we're in 1970X, much earlier 70s, uh, you know, think uh, uh, Nixon and uh, Vietnam and still, you know, remnants of hippies and bell bottoms and, and such. And uh, we are... Returning to Jupiter Springs, where uh, our friends uh, Bart Garfinkel, the unfortunately named Bart Garfinkel, and Bing Kingsley uh, have just uh, had a discussion in the Rolling Thunder Bowling Alley. Um, And I should probably mention they also had, uh, had a third member there, but a third person there who has now left who advised them that uh, there might be a dead Bigfoot somewhere at, uh, specifically at the Jupiter Springs brewery, having been shot dead, uh, by one Dale Johnston, the, uh, owner of said brewery. And of course, pale Dale's diner as well. He's just an entrepreneur, man. He took his childhood pain of that nickname and turned it into his brand. And I, I respect that. You've built an entire empire uh, out of albinism or albinism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Indeed. Yes. The most, the most oftenly abused disadvantage in GURPS in our particular gaming group's experience. I believe there was once an entire spaceship crew full of albinos, but that's yes. a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It turned me off GURPS, man, forever. Since. <laughs> <laughs> we should have called that one White Space. But, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah, we heard that there was a, a Bigfoot uh, that Pale Dale shot. I think Pale Dale shot him, uh, him and his friend, when they were hunting. Yep. And as it turns uh, out, they, Bart... Those albinos have very terrible vision, I've heard. Yes, but incredible aim. And uh, Bart, as it turns out, is something of a uh, cryptozoologist. And, and my character, Bing, was writing a story about him for Cream Magazine. And so uh, I, I got the scoop of the century here, man, with the Bigfoot. It's going to be great. I love it. I can't wait. Just, the only thing is we have to figure out how we're going to get in there. I mean, how are we going to get this Bigfoot? Can we say we're go ahead? We're already out of the alley and in, in Bart's mom's car? like. Or, yeah, you're, like, walking there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Opening the doors, getting in, sitting down. Well, um, I think, um, we need to, uh, first, uh, we need to scope out 
this facility to see if any vulnerabilities, I think. Yeah, I usually prefer to barge right in, but, you know, you, you're the local expert and all that. So uh, if we have to, look, I can always say I'm going to write a story about the brewery, you know, and you're my photographer. If it comes down to yes. it, that's one idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, but, but you know, hey, oh, is this, is this your mom's car right here? Yeah, that's my mom's car. It's a nice. gremlin. Is that a is that a gremlin? I was gonna say. I thought that was a gremlin. <laughs> All right. What else? Yeah, it's got. Of course, it's a gremlin, and he's like way too big for it, uh, but he can squeeze in. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're ready to go. I got my ether. I got my got my pistola here in case I need it. I don't want to need it. Yeah. Uh, and we. As players, though, we know that eventually, basically, we know that we need to get in there because we already have gotten in there. Well, we've gotten the Bigfoot somehow in the truck. We've gotten the truck. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're playing a game where our characters know things that we as the players don't know, which will be a little tricky for us. So we already know that we've stolen a truck possibly with, with some kind of something in it but we'll just have to see how that all plays out and we know that we that bart has an id tag or something that is that says chris simmons yeah so that's probably how we got in uh yeah he looks a lot like an employee named chris simmons hey and i think i just got my voice back I was going to little Christopher Walken with it earlier, but now this was the voice right here that I was using. Okay, there we go. All right. Now I'm back in a character. Let's rock and roll, man. Of course, <clears throat> the uh, you guys don't yet know about Chris Simmons or any of that. No. no. Obviously, because uh, no. that all happens in the future. Uh, but it may come as something of a surprise, uh, you know, if you are sneaking around and an employee sees you and is like, they might mistake you for, you know, Chris or something. But we shall see what happens. And so I imagine <clears throat> you guys uh, in this gremlin with this real big giant dude driving um, who's kind of like almost like so big. He's like, I just imagine like a, like an overstuffed like shirt or something like just it's just bulging out at the seams uh, of this of this gremlin of course that's not likely actually you know, well he's happening. wearing like the uh, bowling shirt you know the it's got a, like, his have to name wear Bart the same thing it. yeah and it's yeah. got a name tag yeah yeah and I'm still wearing the bowling shoes you see how I walked right out of here with those right <laughs> it's alright I, le- I, I, I left some uh, uh, those coming out of my paycheck oh, I don't know no, no one will ever know don't worry man it's, it's all copacetic. It's all right. Yeah, one time me and Paul Lind, we, we like knocked over a, a bowling alley in San Diego. You wouldn't think Paul Lind is a type, but, man, we got out of there with like six balls, a whole bunch of shoes, and a, you know, like at least a case of, uh, of Falstaff beer. It was a hell of a night. Let me tell you, we went over to Cass Elliott's house, and we rocked her world. <laughs> and there was a took both of us. There's a lot of her to rock. All right. <laughs> Uh, and that's why she eventually died of a heart attack. It's your, it's your fault. 
It's my fault. Hey, you know what? I, you know, I, I got nothing to do with that one, man. I wish I had a character that could go back and forth with you, but he has no idea who the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's not very hip. No. Um, so uh, the Rolling Thunder is is not far uh, from the 152, and uh, so you get on there and head out in the direction of the uh, Taloa Pines and uh, it gets, you know, you get out of town and it's, you kind of pass the uh, Eureka Roadhouse it still is called these days uh, eventually becomes the Europa Roadhouse and uh, a ways past there, the uh, the 152 kind of curves around a bit and comes to uh, an intersection with uh, County Road 525, and uh, this is the road uh, the, the, the brewery is on, so you take a left. Uh, I assume you n- know this because you live in town and you you know probably know just where it is anyway. Um, and Not, uh, not w- me. I'm an out-of-towner. I'm just long for the kicks, Daddy. All right. Well, I, I meant Bart specifically because he's obviously driving. So uh, you take a left onto... Uh, 525 and that goes straight for a while but then it curves and you see the uh, I mean it's kind of it's pretty this isn't technically Taloa Pines but uh, it's pretty densely forested here um, but you can see that they've, they've obviously cleared out uh, you know a fair amount of it to make room for this brewery uh, which you kind of can kind of now see sprawling out uh, in front of you Um it looks like several buildings, uh, but they're all like attached. And uh, there's a small parking lot uh, out front, and uh, you there's like a little uh, access road to the parking lot that you could uh, turn off of and park in the parking lot if you you know were so inclined. Um, there are four cars uh, in the parking lot. Uh, one of them is a pickup truck. Um, the others are uh, uh, just, you know, like, there's like a couple coupes and a sedan. Um, I, I give you the year and make and model and stuff, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's particularly important. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, oh, you also notice there is a uh, kind of on the uh, initial building right behind the parking lot, um, there's kind of a... a a big bulky like security camera looking thing pointing out into the parking lot. Um, and, uh, behind that there's, uh, a large building and you can see kind of jutting off of this large building, um, kind of a, uh, metal box. Um, and then, uh, kind of past that there's a very, very, large much taller building that's that's attached to these other ones as well um but it's the it's definitely the the biggest building um that's here and uh, as you're scoping it out i'm assuming you're going to kind of just you know drive past and take a look and you know see what you can see yeah i make some passes around uh and uh he probably is looking for things like security cameras and security guards and that sort of thing. Right. So, um, 
the road curves around to the right, and then right as you get close to the largest building I described, it curves around to the left again. And then when you get just past the end of that largest building, um, you see another little access road, um, and it's got a little sign that says truck entrance. And then but when you get past that, you're just back into the forest. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm going to ask you if I, when I, um, you know, like wrote out my uh, character sheet, included some, um, some items and I didn't, well, I could imagine them being in my car. We didn't stop by my house or anything to get anything, but some things might be, have already been in my car. Yeah, you um, gotta keep your emergency kit in your car. You never know when you're gonna see a Bigfoot. Yeah, you know my my binoculars and camera, tape recorder, my kind of you know investigation kit. Um, so that yeah. would include all of that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I would assume that you would uh, keep that handy uh, in the in the trunk or or whatever, mm-hmm. probably. So he might just park uh, in the parking lot and uh, get some of this stuff out of the trunk and maybe uh, use the binoculars just to see uh, what's going on. Just watch people for a while to see, you know, how they're getting in and getting out and what, you know, kind of protocols they have to go through. Yeah, well, he's... Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted just to clarify. You're, you want you want to park in the park at the brewery parking lot? Yeah, as long as there's a view of all the buildings. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, you can't obviously see the back sides mm-hmm. of them, but yes, you can. You can definitely see. The I couldn't see somewhere. the back side of Cass Elliot that night, but it didn't stop me from trying. Hey, while, while you're doing that, I'm going to get out my typewriter and set it up on the hood of your car here and make a few notes about the, the layout of the place. I'm going to search for Bigfoot, page two. I'm with my friend Bart Garfinkel. He's a cool cat, although not very hip. He had no idea who the Kingston trio was, and that's crazy because they're about the unhippest three cats I know. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> nice. Well, um, so do we uh, see any employees, other employees coming and going? Um, you don't right now, except uh, you see there is, uh, and this is through the windows of the building closest to you, the one with the camera on it that's kind of pointing down, you know, out at the parking lot. Um, there are a couple windows, and you see there is a woman. Uh, in that room um, sitting behind a desk uh, talking on a phone and kind of squinting her eyes at you and looking confused. Uh, I wonder if they give uh, tours. Some breweries do that. I tell you who they give tours to. Cream Magazine, baby. That's what I'm talking about. You can get in there to get all kinds of photos. People love publicity. People love rock and roll. It's a win-win, baby. Come on. Okay, well, well, 
what if I what what do I tell tell her? Tell them you're my, uh, you're my photographer. I always I always outsource, I always source a local photographer. What am I trying to drive around paying extra plane fare and whatnot? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a good idea. I didn't think that. Uh, that's good. Well, that's that's why I'm usually the leader in most of the situations I go into. It's because uh, hang on a minute, I gotta take a little whiff of this ether before we go in there. I gotta get a now, not too much here. You should try some too, but not too much. Okay, whoa, 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 rock and roll. That's about enough. Oh my, woo! That reminds me of a party I went to with Peter Tork and Dennis Wilson over to Ronnie Spector's house. She said, "Not too much, not too much." But to tell you what, Peter Tork, he's always going a little too far. You know what I'm talking about? You know Peter Tork, of course. You're making stories up. Making stories up? That's what I do for a living. All right, anyway. Yeah, but uh, just don't worry. You're a local guy. You do the talking. I'll be fine. If you want me to uh, just... I can't... I can't talk, especially to women. No, listen. you got to have confidence. It's all about the kind. Listen, I'm going to make you into a Romeo, okay? After this is over, I'm going to take you into downtown Jupiter Springs. We're going to find the hippest store we have, okay? We're going to go. We're going to spruce you up a little bit. We're going to shave you a little bit, all right? We're going to put a little pomade in your hair, a little Marlowe pomade, okay? That's what I wear. Look at me. Look at me. Look at the shine in my hair. Just look at it. Are you looking at it? I want you to look yeah. at the shine in my hair, okay? Now we're gonna. You're gonna be talking to women. You're gonna be regular Casanova. You're gonna be a regular oh. Tony Curtis by the time all this is over. Speaking of Tony Curtis, never mind. I, I, you don't want to hear my stories about Tony Curtis. In fact, it's better that the world not hear my stories about Tony Curtis. You know, he's got a beautiful little girl. I'm actually her father. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, yeah, little Jamie Lee. She's mine. She's mine. Just like China Cantner, but you know. I can't be paying child support for every celebrity kid, so I'd like to keep it on the down low. But anyway, we should probably go ahead and get in there and solve this uh, mystery of this Bigfoot. I'd personally be really surprised if I found a Bigfoot in there. I hope it's not true because I don't want it. I don't want Bigfoot to be dead. All right. Well, uh, so you guys are just going to walk right in the front, the front door, then. What I'm hearing. Yeah, I think that's the best way, man. It's right through the front door. Confidence. Confidence. We have no idea that somehow we're going to be in possession of a truck later on and that we're probably, they probably know, will have captured us on camera and all that. But we have no idea that that's going to happen. So I don't think too far ahead when I'm on these ether pinches, you know? It's just not something I do a lot. Well, so you walk right in the door and, uh, this is a fairly, you know, Spartan room. There's just kind of uh, the reception desk here, you know, with a telephone on it, and this woman sitting at it talking on the telephone. <clears throat> uh, and uh, she's also got, like, there's a typewriter uh, on the desk. Uh, obviously, this is long before, well, not super long before, but it is, you know, not common uh for businesses to be in possession of uh, computers at this point in history um and so you presumably she's you know got to type memos and stuff uh but she's talking on the phone and uh you know she's well as they got here um about half an hour ago and uh you know i don't i'm not sure what he's doing but i think he's uh, he said he was going to be busy for a while and anyway but and she just kind of looks at you when you walk in and just looks confused but doesn't look like she's gonna stop talking and say anything to you um and there is a doorway uh 
behind her and on her left, uh, leading to another room. Here's what you do, all right? You just walk straight for that doorway like you like you own the place, all right? I don't think she's going to stop us, so I guess we're free to enter. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's 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 exactly what that's exactly what I thought last time I was at Nancy Sinatra's house. <laughs> uh, well, she does in fact not stop you. She uh, wrote that song Bang Bang because uh she there's an intruder in her house. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You know, you know it, you know it. I'm amused. <laughs> so, uh, yes, indeed, uh, Jan- uh, this lady whose name you do not know has, uh, does not stop you. Uh, she does kind of look over her shoulder and watch you as you walk past, but does, she doesn't say anything. I'm going to give her like a confident little nod, like, it's okay. I'm going to give her like, it's all right. It's okay, face. It's all right. It's okay. But I'm not going to say anything out loud. Just a little, little, little wave of the hand, like we got it all under control. You don't need to worry about it. Well, she gives you a little head nod back, and then, then tr- you know, turns back around and just continues talking. Um, and you walk through this doorway, and you find yourself in um, <clears throat> what appears to be the, a combination of, uh, like, uh, break room and like a time clock room. There's, uh, you know, one of those old school, like, you know, dip your card in it time cards hanging on the wall and next to that is of course a <clears throat> time card holder with maybe a dozen time cards in it um separated into kind of a clocked in and clocked out section like you know clocked in at the top and clocked out at the bottom um and then there's a um a snack machine like a like two vending machines a snack machine and a, and a drink machine uh, like a soda machine um uh, and across from that there's a um a pot of coffee, you know, cream and sugar packets and this little stack of styrofoam cups. And then um, directly across from the doorway leading back out to the front desk is a door that's closed. And it has one of those little like uh, um, like 10 digit pin locks, like zero through nine, like little mechanical like. Little keypad, yeah. Doesn't look like it's electronic. It looks like it's just you know mechanical. Before we go past, can I make a reflexes roll to like hit the side of the vending machine like Fonzie and make a cola drop out? Sure. All right, I have a fifty-one percent chance. Hey, I got a twenty-six. Bam, works every time. And you get a uh, delicious uh, Coca-Cola. Yeah, vanilla Coke. Actually, well, I don't think that I didn't think that existed at the time. That's true. You had to go to a soda jerk and it put. The, the, I'm going to take this to a soda jerk after this, and jerk some vanilla into this coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> could you jerk some vanilla into this for me, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of the time I was partying with Vanilla Fudge and Jim Dale over at Peter O'Toole's apartment on Wilshire Boulevard. But you know, again, you don't want to hear these stories. Hey, listen, uh, so no, you're doing great. See the confidence it got us through. Now, what you got to do? Okay. Gotta, uh, uh, yeah, I I got to be confident, guy. He's going to hit the uh, vending machine to make some chips come out, but I imagine him just shattering it with his big giant <laughs> ham fist. <laughs> well, it's a little hard. 
Um, Which is funny. So, that's what Joanne Woodward said to me last time I was at Paul Newman's house. So is he actually going to hit the snack machine? Yeah. See what, see what comes out. See what happens. Okay, we'll make a reflex check. And uh, reminder, so we're rolling percentiles, and we want to roll under. Correct, yes. I rolled a four. Oh, my. Well, uh, you get a nice little uh, one-ounce packet of Cheez-Its. Yes! Yes! See, I told you you were cool. You're cooler than you think. All right. And both of you make perception checks as well. As well. <laughs> My perception seventy-one. I'm very perceptive. Ooh, oh, I got a seventy-three. I... God damn! <laughs> I failed as well. Must be the ether. Well, both of you fail to notice a thing that happens. <laughs> That's all right. I've I've failed to notice a lot of things that have happened in my life. Hey, listen, there's something magical and exciting behind the door where that keypad is. Don't you got some like? Can't you get out like some? Can you dust and like and like see where the fingers have been on it? Do you have some kind of super uh, detective uh, powers that I don't know about that we can get through there? Uh, I don't have. Any powder or anything of that sort? Uh, I do have um, some plaster of Paris for making Bigfoot uh, print casts. I could (laughs) smear that uh, and wait for it to dry. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. We have time for that. I don't know. We have time for that. But, uh, no, yeah, I have a feeling there's not. something very interesting on the other side of that door, my friend. We might have to s- wait for another employee to arrive and get behind them very quietly and watch what they punch. Actually, there's a perfect chance for you to practice your skills of being more suave, all right? You go back out and you talk to that lady, okay? And you tell her, uh... You- that uh, that Pale Dale gave you the pin code to get through, but uh, I don't think pin was a. He gave you the passcode to get through the door, and you forgot it, right? So, so could she just tell you the code again? Because so you got to get in there. If she asks for your name, you tell your name's Doctor Otto von Hammer. You're a photographer, all right? Well, <clears throat> before you do that, uh, I'm going to give you both uh, another. I mean, you've been standing here for a little while. I'll give you, give you another perception test. All right. Hey, I got that one. 40. So, uh, nope. Well, being just as you're uh, finishing your attempt to persuade uh, Bart to go out and, and get the, try to get the code from the lady, you spy a small piece of paper on the floor uh, right near the snack machine. Hey. You know what? I think when you banged that snack machine, you might have moved it a few inches. I see something I didn't see before. Check it out. I think it's a clue. I'm going to have you bend over and get it because I had 14 beers and some ether, and if I bend over, <laughs> I'm probably going to fall down. 
Yeah, well, he'll bend over. Well, you uh, bend down and pick up this piece of paper, and, and it's got uh, uh, a piece of scotch tape on it. Apparently, it was taped to the side or maybe the back of this machine, and you hitting it may have dislodged it. Um, but uh, on the little, it's just a small little piece of paper, but on it is written 1945. 1945. It's a year. Okay, maybe that's like Bigfoot's birthday. Oh, wait a minute. It's the ether. What am I thinking? That's probably... You think that might be? Could we be so lucky? I think we could be that lucky. Um, well, it was on the side of the vending machine. It could be the vendor's code uh, to... Uh, get into the vending machine and if that is true uh, it's our lucky day yeah I agree I'm the luckiest guy alive I know that because Dick Van Patten told me that at a party once Uh, I'm going to uh, first I'm going to see if it's the code to get in the door all right so you punch in uh, one nine four five into the excuse me into the keypad, and you hear a click. <gasps> it worked. Right, Dick Van Patten was right. I am the luckiest man alive, or maybe you're the luckiest man alive. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I just gotta say straight up, like I planted that there, not expecting you to find it, but. Uh, also not expecting you to hit the vending machine mm-hmm. to get shit out of it. I thought, well, hell, it's gonna just got to jar loose, right? I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what Cass Elliot told me. <laughs> that's when I was giving her the Heimlich. Never mind. That is the worst joke. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, just, I, I just now got it. Please, listeners, just pretend I didn't say that. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cass. Oh man! <laughs> so uh, anyway, yes, that 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 does indeed appear to uh, have successfully unlocked the door. Okay. All right. We're in. All right. All right. Now you're the local guy, right? So uh, we got to look the part, right? So I'm gonna get out my notebook. Okay, I got my notebook, and uh, you get out your camera. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I don't know what uh, uh, cover we're going with. You said Otto. Yeah, Otto von Hammer is one of my former pen names back when I used to write for a porn magazine. Okay, so, but yeah, that's going to be your name. Don't forget that name. It's a great name. I've been working with that name for a while now. Otto von Hammer. You're my photographer, okay? Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, and I'll just be me, cause you know, look at I, I, I can't be any cooler than me, and probably people have seen my photo. You know, I was in a Life magazine, that photo of me and Quincy Jones, uh, just last month. In fact, me, it was me, Quincy Jones, Jim Dale, and Peter O'Toole. We were all at a party at the aforementioned Dick Van Patten's house, and that went out in Life magazine everywhere. So everybody already knows who I'm, at, who I am. <laughs> I could just let you do that, like for. The entire episode, and <laughs> who'd be entertaining? Up for me. <laughs> well, he's a terrible name dropper. 
But he really does know all these people, though. In my mind, he really has party with all these people. He just, he's not making it up. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you going in? You going into the proceeding? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. And so is, is, is Bart going to open the door, pull the door open? Yes. All right. Well, you pull the door open, and the first thing you notice is the loud, like obnoxiously loud noise uh, in the room. And uh, immediately following that, like the sort of sweet, grainy smell washes over you as you step into the room and the door sort of automatically kind of closes behind you. You know, it's got like a a weighted uh, thing where it just, you know, automatically shuts itself. What kind, of, is a, what kind of noise is it? It's like a loud white noise, like the like a like a really big fan going. Okay. okay. And uh, I mean, it, 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 as, as soon as you step in, it becomes immediately apparent what it is, um, because uh, to your left uh, there are two rows of giant, uh, like like oval cylinders um, that um, with like a complex web of, of plumbing and valves. There's like on these stands when they've got these complex web of, of plumbing and valves above and beneath them, uh, which sort of converges at some point uh, near the ceiling into a single big ass pipe, which leads off into uh, like through the, the wall behind them. And, um, these things look like they must hold, you know, at least a couple hundred gallons each, and you can see that two of them uh, near the back have like steam uh, coursing out of this opening in the top, and these things are like you know twelve feet tall. Um, I mean, of course, they're on stands as well, but you know, the 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 top of them is like twelve feet in the air, and. Uh, the steam is, is being very quickly sort of sucked up into this ventilation system, which is the source of the noise that you're hearing. Um, but they're so tall that there's like this, uh, there's been this sort of catwalk built around them with stairs, um, going up, uh, which presumably they go up there and, and, you know, to throw shit in or stir it or do whatever. Um, and, um, now, if you were a, if you were a dead Bigfoot, where would you hide? Well, I was going to suggest that we follow the smell of Bigfoot, because normally Bigfoot is uh, reported to have a very foul odor, like rotten eggs or sulfur. But... Oh yeah, Tommy Smothers smells that same way. Yeah, I followed him home, followed him all the way from uh, the Brown Derby to a party at Frank Zappa's house one week, just based on smell. But with this um, beer and this ventilation, uh, I don't think it's possible to do it through the smell alone. We we have to find a place that they might be storing Bigfoot. It's big enough to store him. Well, where would you store something that was, like, dead? Uh, uh, well, uh, refrigerated 
uh, place, a room. Okay, okay, makes sense, makes sense. That's right, okay, okay. Um, I should probably finish describing the room as well. Probably so, let me stop role-playing for a minute. <laughs> um... Uh, there is, I should, unfortunately uh, for, for you, not, as far as you can tell, um, anything resembling a, a dead Bigfoot or otherwise Bigfoot uh, in here. But those kettles, those two rows of kettles um, are on the uh, left side of the room, and they basically dominate the entire, that entire half of the room. But the other half, <clears throat> kind of in front of you and, and off to your right a little bit, um, are a bunch of pallets uh, stacked with like 55 pound burlap sacks um, along with a large mill with like this auger arm uh, that's sort of within a PVC pipe coming out of the bottom and then there are two more of these well they're different looking but they're clearly large kettle type contraptions uh, uh, and the auger arm is currently attached to the top of one of them. Uh, and where, like, the the ones on the left side of the room are kind of more bulbous, um, these are almost like just straight cylinders. <laughs> and uh, there's a sort of less complicated plumbing system coming out of the bottoms of these two, uh, but then it goes up and joins the more complex web near the ceiling. Um and you also see that there are two kind of large bowls uh, with like these weird looking little almost look like rabbit food, like little green pellets uh, that are sitting there. Is that Bigfoot food? Uh, well, I don't know of any specialized Bigfoot food, uh, but I suppose Bigfoot is an omnivore who will consume most things that humans will consume. I'll consume it. <laughs> you want me to take a bite? I'll, I'll eat a... I'll, tell you, I'll pop a green pellet. I, I don't care. Well, uh... I would advise against that uh, without first uh, examining it. Uh, let's see what it smells like. I, I'll lick it. I, was, I won an eating contest at Captain Beefheart's house once. Let me tell you, there's some strange stuff going on in that house. He won, by the way. But no, I'll, I'll, lick, I'll lick a green pellet and see if it's edible, or if it seems edible, or like it actually is food. Uh, will you... Just... Go ahead. I was going to say, it might just be like some kind of ingredient, though, that I don't know about. I don't know how to make beer. It could be like concentrated hops or something. I don't know. Um, and so... Uh... When you, as you lean down to grab one, the smell, this sort of floral, citrusy smell, kind of overcomes you, and you grab one. And uh, when you taste it, it, it's more of that sort of slightly bitter, mm. planty, floral, citrusy kind of thing going on. Yeah, I think this is a beer ingredient, don't you? Um, I think it might be lime. Is it limey? I don't know. Now, speaking of limeys, one time me and Davy Jones were partying <laughs> at... Uh, oh, wait, never mind. We don't have time for any more reminiscences right which, now. Which Davy Jones? You know, Davy Jones from the Monkees. Yeah, he wouldn't know that, but uh, I was going to say, 
because uh, David Bowie is also Davy Jones. I gave him that name, David Bowie. That was my idea. <laughs> I told him, Davy Jones, no, you've already got the dude from the Monkees. you got to go with a, a cooler-sounding name. So, yeah, he went with uh, Bowie. And I said, drop the saxophone. It's not cool, man. You want a guitar? <laughs> anyway, enough of that right now. I think we found out where they make Pale Dale's beer. That mystery we've solved. But I think we ought to look around for the refrigeration units. Well, I should mention, uh, I, f- I failed to do this, uh, you know, when I was doing the actual description, so my bad there. But um, aside from the door behind you that leads to the sort of like break room time clock area, there are like double, large double, like swinging doors, kind of like you might find in uh, certain parts of a restaurant or hospital or something, uh, behind the... Um, the two rows of kettles and that is the same room that the pipe in the ceiling is leading to and then uh, directly in front of you uh, are two doors um, and one of them the one on the right hand side has a little uh, plastic uh, like placard on it that says pale dale and then one of them is on to your on the on the wall to your right and that is, uh, it's like a metal door with like a metal pull handle. And uh, I think Bart Garfinkel has worked in uh, the bowling alley uh, with the little, you know, sketchy but delicious bowling alley diner long enough to know what a walk-in uh, refrigerator mm-hmm. door looks yeah, like. I was just going to say, if it's metal door, it's probably refrigerated. So... What would check out there first? All right, I'm I'm right behind you. All right, so you guys walk over to the metal door and pull it open, and um, you see shelves. Uh, some of them have like little racks of like tubes on them. Uh, in fact, most of them do. And then there are several buckets as well. They're like five-gallon uh, buckets with lids closed uh, on the floor. And uh, but that's it. There is not a Bigfoot here. Gosh darn it! So you, but, you uh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to uh-huh. say that other door there that said Pale Dale. You think that's the guy's office? Yes. I think that is where Piltdale could be located. If he's in office. Yeah. Um, why don't you guys make uh, perception checks? We did hear her say something about Piltdale on the phone that receptionist or whoever she was, I can't remember what she was saying. Though. I got a 65 on my perception that succeeds. I failed mine. Well, Bing, you find um, some, like a little tuft of fur on the floor. <gasps> hey, check this out. I'll pick it up and wave it under your nose. Is that big? Does it smell like eggs to you? Is this Bigfoot fur? <gasps> yeah, he will examine it. Um, is there a any kind of odor? There is kind of an unpleasant, musky, not quite, not quite sulfurous, but 
get like kind of getting mm-hmm. there almost like like um like uh i don't know if you've ever like smelled um been out in the woods like in the fall uh and smelled caught whiff of like the the buck musk that that happens during the rut but it's kind of like that I, except... I know buck must when I smell it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Reference to another uh, series of ours. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Lasers and Feelings, a very early series of ours. Um, <laughs> but um, so it's kind of like that sort of musky aroma, except it's like combined with the smell inside of a shooting range after you've like you know shot a bunch of bullets it's like this burnt almost sulfury smell okay well look um i've only smelled one thing i even smelled remotely like this before and that was keith moon and i don't think keith moon's been anywhere on this hemisphere for a while so my guess is what we got here is some bigfoot hair but you're the expert Yes, it certainly has the aroma of Bigfoot. I'm going to uh, waft it in and take in the aroma. And um, he's going to um, taste it a little bit and just kind of get ridiculous and over-examine it. That's exactly what Keith Moon would do. And uh, just like, yeah, taste it and and rub it between his fingers. Try to get the coarseness of it and just to make sure it's exactly as he knows Bigfoot hair to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely... Um, I mean, I, I tend to think he would probably think it was, even if he, he was producing evidence that it wasn't. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but... Um, I would, I would definitely think that all of his tests would would suggest to him that this is uh, very real. We've got evidence. This is definitely Bigfoot fur. All right, you're making a believer out of me now. What is? Obviously, we're on the right trail here. We got to keep going and see if we can find some more of this fur. He's, uh, he's going to put that in his little evidence kit which you know a little baggy okay and then uh, see if we can find any more if there is a trail to follow um well yeah go ahead and make uh make another round of perception tests as you search even more diligently now that you've found this man I'm rolling terrible 97 20 I got a 20 uh so Bing has succeeded, but uh, you actually don't find any further evidence. Okay, okay. Well, he was in here at one time, but he must have moved him. I don't know where. You know, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. See if we can find a way out of here. Keep your eye out though for that Bigfoot fur. So back into the. Uh, kettle room and uh, I assume we're not going to want to go back out the way we came in down to the sort of break area so no. uh, we've got um, 
these two doors in this wall and then the double doors in the far wall behind the kettles. And of course the one that says that has the pale dale placard on it. Um so there's a these inside this room did you say there was like a, a like a noise like are they are these things like running right now? There, yes, two of these kettles are in fact running. Uh, they're clearly got something boiling away inside them as the steam uh, is is pouring out of this opening at the top, uh, to like twelve feet up in the air, and it is the steam is being sucked into this ventilation system, which is the source of this loud whirring mm-hmm. noise. So we got two smaller doors, and we got the two big swinging doors, and then there's another door with the pale dale placard. Yes. Okay. Well, no, no, no. There's the two. There's the double, the double swingy doors that look like they're like you know, for rolling big hand trucks mm-hmm, through and mm-hmm. shit. Um, and then there's the the two doors, uh, one with no marking, and then one that says okay, uh, okay. Pale Dale Placard. Let's look like a quick quick peek into those two rooms. But my guess is, if you got something like a Bigfoot, right, you want to get the Bigfoot to a secure location, right? Uh, my fear is they might be shipping him out of here, and I, I get—I bet you anything—you go through those big double doors, you're gonna find yourself in a big, you know, truck bay or something like that. Uh, yes, I think uh, you are uh, possibly correct. I think we should uh, go through these doors and see uh, if Bigfoot is there. Okay, but just real quick before we go, though, let's just peek into these other. Because we feel like real idiots if we went out and, and you know, Bigfoot was, you know, well, had his feet up on a desk having a drink in one of these other two rooms. So why don't you go check out the Pale Tail door and I'll go check out the unlabeled door. We'll just take a quick peek. We won't get too involved in it. Just take a quick peek. And then we'll go out these big double doors. What do you think? What if, uh, if Pale Tail is there and he shoots me? Because he's not very good at seeing things. Oh, well, uh, you know, that, that's a good question. That, that's a good That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe we just go through the back. Let's just go through the big double doors. Okay. I should mention that uh, these big double doors do have, like, little uh, windows also kind of um, right around eye level. Right around, you know, yay, yay big. Yeah. They're not super big, but you could possibly sort of try to peer through them. Yeah, I'll go peek through that window. That's how I got kicked out of. Uh, that's how this is why Twiggy has a an ex parte on me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'll go uh, check. I'll go peek peek through those windows. All right, well, you kind of s- slither your way uh, through the mess of uh, brew kettles and up to the uh, get up to the uh, these large double doors, and. Um, I'm going to let you peek through um, and you see uh, that there is, first of all, uh, a bunch of large tanks uh, at the far end of the room with like, they're also on these kind of stands and they're tall and big cylinders and they come down and then there's kind of like this cone at the bottom and all the like the big pipe that goes through the ceiling kind of splits out and and goes into all these, uh, you know, new other tanks. And, um, 
and there's also like a, a big ass uh, like bottling line uh, which is not currently running but it's like a big conveyor belt with you know uh, there's like empty bottles lined up on it and stuff um, but perhaps the most interesting thing that you see um, is that um, on the right hand side past the end of the uh, bottling line um, you see uh, there are three you know over like garage door lifting you know dock type doors um, and the furthest one away from you the third one you might call it is open and you can kind of see into the back of a truck um, a little bit I mean you don't have a really good angle but um, but more interesting than that is that there are two men standing here with their backs to you uh, in front of this open door and um, but in front of them is this large hand truck with a pallet on it and sitting on the pallet is something approximately man size wrapped in a blue tarp Bart Bart get over here man I found the Bigfoot I found the Bigfoot come here peek through there you see that that's gotta be the Bigfoot and how big is it it's approximately the size of a full grown adult human Hmm. Well, it could be Bigfoot, but uh, Bigfoot uh, is, as you know, much larger than an average human. Uh, well, maybe it's like an adolescent Bigfoot. It could be a juvenile Bigfoot. Though. Yeah, yeah, or female. Okay, you know, female Bigfoot could be a little smaller. Only uh, slightly smaller, but yes. Uh, it could I'm be all Bigfoot. for the direct approach again. Let's just go right in there. Oh, they're, they're going to bust us. What are they going to do? I don't think we're supposed to be back here. No, we're supposed to be. We got that, right, we got that assignment from Cream Magazine. I got diplomatic immunity, basically. I could go where I want. Remember the free press, man. I don't see any signs as they keep out. Um, <clears throat> so, as you guys are talking, um, and you, you know, these two guys are, are sitting here, obviously talking to each other. Uh, one of them is uh, has very pale skin and is smoking a cigarette, and. Um, but just as you guys finish, or as as you're finishing up saying that, um, they both sort of look startled, and the uh, the pale skinned one grabs the uh, uh, you know handle on this on this hand cart and and pushes uh, the pallet into the back of the truck, lowers uh, lowers it and. Uh, pulls it back out and slams uh, the uh, the the door, or not the door, but the truck door, not the garage door, shut and uh, pulls a little latch over on it 
and they begin sort of talking excitedly uh, to each other and uh, one of uh, and the pale skinned guy points over at the door you guys are standing behind and uh, the other guy begins speed walking in your direction now here's what you do no no do the old Tom and Jerry alright well, he, he's gonna pop open the doors right we're just gonna crouch and, and we'll hide behind the door okay as he's open and then we sneak back in we get over there alright we get into that truck and we take it that's what we do okay okay does he does he look like he sees us or is he just looking at the door you know uh, actually he wasn't even he's not looking through the window no okay uh, it doesn't look like Dale saw you. He Dale didn't even look at the doors. He just was basically it seemed like he was telling him to go in there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I will try to hide on the side of the door then. Yeah, we'll do little, you know, the old trick where uh, if they're swinging doors, right? We'll just uh, crouch down his swing. He'll walk through them, and then we'll just go back through it on the back swing, real quiet. You gotta be real quiet, like though. All right, so you do that. And um, I'm, I'm going to give him a perception test, but it's going to be pretty tricky because it's loud and he's not expecting you. you know. That's going to be a 77, so no, uh, that will not succeed. So uh, he pushes through the doors, and you guys just kind of hide behind them. And uh, he continues walking through the uh, past the you know going past all the kettles and I assume you don't stick around any longer to see what he does after that no no we go 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 good alright so you um, slip through the doors into this um, other room with these tanks and the uh, you know bottling line and all that and uh, you don't see Dale anywhere must have gone somewhere. Now's our chance, man. And I'm telling you that I, I got a good feeling about that thing. We gotta get in. Let's get this truck, get it out of town on the highway or something. And then at our leisure, we can open it up and look at it, and you get all the photos you want. I don't know if I can steal a truck. But sure, if, you can. If Bigfoot is in there, then I will. We they Here. can't. They can't uh, do this to Bigfoot. You know I have to you make need? sure he's okay. That's right. You know, you need a little courage, all right? Here, I just want you to take a sh- little whiff of this. Here, smell my finger. I don't need that. No, if, if it's for Bigfoot, I will take this truck and we'll, we'll get him out of here. Then yeah. once we're away s- safe, we can... Uh, Open up the back and check on him. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's do it for Bigfoot. So while you guys were having that conversation, you heard a the growing volume uh, of a sort of diesel engine getting louder and louder, um, kind of outside what you the rightmost door, and um, you hear a door shut like a you know vehicle door and you hear some like muffled talking outside 
Quick, get across the room now to, to where that big truck is. To where the Bigfoot truck is. All right. Uh, is it just a bed of a truck, or is it... Or we no, it's like, a, it's like a semi-trailer. Okay, good, 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 good. And um, so you cross the room over to where the uh, closed door is, and you hear this diesel engine on the first door, and then you hear another one start. Uh, this one, the one that you're directly in front of. And then, uh, and I, you couldn't see this through the little um, peepholes in the double doors, uh, and I didn't really have time to mention it uh, through all the other nonsense that was going on, but just beyond the um, first dock door there's like uh, a small stairway down and then like a man door and that door opens and uh, a a guy comes you know trouncing up the stairs and he looks a hell of a lot like Bart and he's got like this lanyard around his neck with like uh, an ID on it and he looks really confused and that's probably where we're going to stop for right now okay alright alright well okay okay little little bit of a short episode but I think that's a pretty good I don't know we're in an hour that's pretty normal that's pretty normal for us I tell you who's getting a big whiff of ether as soon as we start the next episode is one Chris Grissom not Chris Grissom I meant Chris Simmons Chris Simmons yeah <laughs> yeah Chris Grissom's a guy I know that I met at uh, Yoko Ono's house but I'm not welcome there anymore I won't say why <laughs> alright very good well uh, I guess uh, we'll have to tune in next time to see what happens uh, even though we kind of already know uh, some of what's going to happen, so, which, which is an interesting change of pace, but uh, yes. we'll s- definitely be interesting to see how we get there. All right. We'll see you next time on Goonies World.